When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, you hear us on the radio on The Bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for being back with us, everyone in Raider Nation. Scott Colbranson and Mo Moten back with you. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure you do. Wherever you get your audio, just look for Silver and Black today. Subscribe to us. If you're watching us on YouTube, good to see you again after a short week last week with the two of us being under the weather. So we appreciate you guys being back in there and active in the chat as always. So thank you for that one. Uh, And uh, we are back talking NFL draft. Mo, we're going to talk about linebackers. And we have mentioned linebackers on this show for the last, I don't know, eight months. And and the Raiders' inability to have linebackers that have great impact. Give me first your overall assessment of this linebacker class as far as its depth. We talked about defensive line is actually pretty deep when you look at uh, opportunities for players uh, going into the third, fourth round even. Uh, with linebackers, is it the same way, or are we looking at a more shallow class? Much more shallow class. I mean, I will say that if, you, if you're looking for that complete three-down linebacker who's going to be our pro bowl or all pro in his first year, I don't think that exists in this class. <laughs> um, the, the, the running thing with this linebacker core is a, a lot of these guys can probably line up off the edge and give you some pass rushing numbers, which is good. Uh, there's some versatility there, but that that all pro player mm-hmm. right out of the gate or pro bowl player out of the gate, it just isn't there. If you're the Raiders and you you did sign Robert Spillane, but Robert Spillane is not very good in coverage. You got Devon Diablo there who's we don't know if he's even going to be a starter. So with those two as your top guys, and of course you got Luke Masterson there and Darian um, Butler there too, but with those, with that unit that they currently have, the Raiders need to strike fast the linebacker position. And I Absolutely. and I think there's there's one name that I'm looking at we're, that we're going to get into. But mm-hmm. again, as I said, the running theme, the common thread with a lot of these linebackers that are going to be picked on at the end of day one, day two, they, a lot of them can line up on the edge and give you some sack numbers. So there is a, there's a positive there, but don't look for a superstar right out of the gate in this group. Yeah, and I look at the names, Mo, and I know you have some of these names, but I'm going to name uh, three of them off the top of my list here uh, that all are linebacker slash edge. So you look at Will Anderson out of Alabama, of course. You have Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, and you have Nolan Smith out of Georgia, okay? Now you look at those guys, all of those guys um, play outside, can play the edge, and, and, and are exactly what you mentioned in your preamble there. When you look at any of those three guys, any of those guys, Patrick Graham's system, any of those names stick out or somebody number one for you when it comes to the Raiders? Now, you mentioned, I believe you mentioned Terry Wilson. I think he's, I, I feel like he's more of an edge guy. 
I do too. Uh, Nolan Smith, I see him more as an edge guy because he's a little light. He's about 238. Now, he killed it at the combine. Yep. He's an athletic. He has a great athletic profile, but I think he's more of, of an undersized edge rusher as well. If I'm looking for the Raiders to make a pick, I, I think they need to get someone who's more of an off-ball linebacker, someone who's not going to be lining up off the edge a ton. So I'm, I'm, I'm veering toward guys like Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson. Another Clemson yeah. guy. Clemson guy. Now those yeah. are probably just to pr- just to point out those are probably my top two guys. And I think of those guys, of the two, Drew um, Drew Sanders is probably the most versatile, and he'll probably give you he'll give you the best coverage because that's one thing that the Raiders need. The Raiders can't just take any linebacker in this draft as far as off ball linebackers is concerned. They need a guy that can cover because, as I just said, coverage is not Robert Spillane's strong suit. They need a guy that's going <laughs> to line up and jam Travis Kelsey. A guy that's gonna is gonna track down on running backs, catching out of the backfield. And to me, Drew Sanders, though he's not the most complete linebacker, he's the best when it comes to coverage. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Trenton Simpson, not a Cle- another guy. Is three guys I've I've hooked in on on this conversation today have been from Clemson, and Trenton Simpson to me is the number one true linebacker in this draft. Not meaning not the edge playing mostly at the edge. You look at him. And he is, what, like 230, 235, something like that. But this kid plays like a monster. I mean, he plays bigger than that, if you catch my drift. He is, to me, one of those guys that I think could make impact on that defense immediately. I just don't know where to place him in this draft. I mean, second round, uh, perhaps, maybe first round if somebody falls in love with him. I just can't imagine that the Raiders are going to take him there, So unless they moved way down. Um, what do you think his opportunity, if, if they were able to get a Trenton Smith – and where they'd be able to take him. What's your thoughts? The good part about I'll say about Trenton Smith is that he can play inside and outside. Now yeah. he did when he played inside this past season. Um, some of his run angles were a bit questionable, but that you got to expect that if a guy is going to be moving around, I think once he gets to the pro level, he settles into a position, he'll be fine. But with him, it's just, I think it might take him a year or two before you get the best of Trenton Simpson. Yeah. Simply because he's able to move around. Now you like that versatility, but like I said, as a young player coming into the league, you want that guy to, to settle into a specific role. And and I, I would question, not question, but I would want to know where he fits in Patrick Graham's scheme. Now, the Raiders need an outside linebacker and they need an inside linebacker. So mm-hmm. I think wherever they see fit for him, he could start right away. It's just a matter of where he's going to be lined up. Yeah, and, and to your point, and not being a deep class, so it falls off uh, once you get past, I don't know, maybe the top eight guys. And again, a lot of these guys are more of an edge player. So you look at linebacker. What are the Raiders going to do then, Mo? It's not like defensive line and maybe even defensive back, which we're going to talk about on Thursday. But when we look at this position particularly, the Raiders are in a tough spot. They're going to not only have to draft there and get some young players in, but they're going to have to see what's available on the free agent market. Like you mentioned Spillane already, that is one signing, but they got to get some bodies in there, don't they? I would still ask the Ravens what they want for Patrick Queen. I've been screaming uh, this for the past four weeks. <laughs> Call the Ravens, ask them what they want for Patrick Queen. I know people say they're not going to trade Patrick Queen. And I'm like, why not? Because you got to understand, they just pay Roquan Smith a five-year, $100 million deal. Teams right. don't pay two off-ball linebackers big contracts. Yeah. So Patrick Queen eventually he's good. They're going to move on from him because they're not going to invest that much money in the inside linebacker position. So to me, guys are traded every year on draft day. Last year we saw AJ Brown get traded from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. If I'm the Raiders, I continue to make calls to the Ravens and say, look, we'll give you a day, a day two pick for Patrick queen. If you're going to move on from him. 
other pro or other trade prospects for the Raiders? I mean, again, you talk about Patrick Queen. I'm there with you. Would be an amazing move for the Raiders team. But but overall, though, they still. I mean, you still need bodies there. And I'm just I'm trying to just think about where are they going to get some because who's left on the street is not impressive either. And, um, and so now they're, it's going to be tough again, unless they get out and they, they're able to get a Patrick queen, be able to get a pretty good young college player that at least comes in and is able to, to play some significant downs. Um, it's going to be tough for that unit again this year. You're not going to rebuild the defense in one season. Right. And I believe that's what Dave Ziegler said that he, he said, realistically, we're not going to fill every need in one draft. And, right. I, and I think that's something that a lot of some Raider fans clutch their pearls about. And I'm like, well, we, we can understand that, you know, just very rarely do you have a draft class like the Seahawks had this past season, like the Jets had this past season. I'm not saying it can't happen, but to expect to fill every need in one draft class is, you know, you're hoping for an above average class. And as, as I've said on Twitter before, was the last time the Reds had an above average draft class? It was 2014. <laughs> so it's been about 10 years. So some, some people will say, well, they're due. And I would say if the mm-hmm. Reds can get three to five, three to four starters out of this class, they have 12 draft picks. If you can get three to four solid starters out of this class, it's a pretty it, that's a pretty good draft class, you would say. Because then you could say, yes. okay, at least two of your day three guys can contribute in rotational roles. And remember, as I said, Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler are going on to their second year, so there's, there could yeah. be some progression from them. Uh, I think the Raiders are, are high on Luke Masterson. I don't have any sources on that, but I think Luke Masterson, what he did last year to go from an undrafted rookie to playing some meaningful snaps at the end of the year, he was pretty good yeah. in the preseason as well. I think he could see a lot more snaps than people realize. So it, it, if if they don't go high at linebacker and they don't make a trade, as I said for poor Patrick Queen, Luke Max Luke Masterson could see a lot of snaps alongside Robert Spillane. But one one of the one other guy I want to mention is Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell mm. not great in coverage, but right out of the gate he's gonna he would help your run defense. Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I actually saw one of his interviews he did with NFL Network on Monday. Seems like a pretty uh pretty dialed in guy. But again, coverage not his strong suit. Maybe he gets a little better at it on in the in, you know in the pros, but. He's a guy you're going to probably stick on a strong side on early downs, and he'll be able to, again, plug up some holes in your run defense if you haven't. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think we might see that this year, too, is the Raiders grab some guys later in the draft that actually contribute. I'm not saying they're your long-term right. starter, but they're guys you bring in maybe for depth if they develop. Like, you take a you take a flyer on them late. They're cheap, right? As As you said, Ziegler said they're not going to remake the defense in one draft. So you go get the best players. Campbell's a great guy, one of those t- type of players I think you mentioned, and you say, hey, look, yeah, bring him in, and then you supplement that later on with a starter next year or whatever, free agency, and then you have a pretty good lineup because then you're able to get these young players in into the system for a year, and they're already there ready to go. Um, anybody else on that Raiders roster you think could pick it up and, and play better and maybe get more snaps next year? I would hope I was remember I was big on Butler coming out of Arizona State because he was coming all over he's coming along with um Antonio Pierce who was his defensive coordinator there and I feel like Butler mm-hmm. had a chance we'll, we'll see between him and Luke Masterson I think both have a chance at least to move up the depth chart now people don't want to hear that because they're undrafted they're former undrafted rookies but I would say those are the guys that actually can surprise you in their second year as well especially as thinking experience they're in the system. They know the system. If the Raiders don't yeah. go heavy at the linebacker position, they 
probably expect one of the one or both of those guys to make the jump. But there's one other guy I want to mention. Dan Henley, Dan Henley out of um, Washington State, been yeah. looking into him. He's people overlook him because he's been in the in the college race for about six years. Like I yeah. believe he's had six years at Washington State, and people, you know, usually say if a guy lasts that long on the collegiate level, they're probably not weren't good enough to go pro. But he had a breakout year this past year, and he's got some coverage skills. He can go downhill, and you know, I, I think he could be a surprise pick on day two at the end of day two maybe end of round three with that pick 100 i think the raiders have pick 100 and or yep. pick 106 109 they they have a pick in that in that compensation range that they got from i believe from uh the giants when they traded darren waller pick 100 so he yeah. he could be in that range if they're looking for a linebacker who a little understated a lot of people aren't touting him as a top prospect but because he spent so many years on the collegiate levels played a lot of football that experience can help him once he gets to the pro level well, I, I, I watched him in the in the senior bowl. And let me tell you, dude, his his athleticism, I mean, you talk about the physicality of a player like that. Um, he's what, just six one. He's not huge, but but he still plays um just insane. I mean, I don't know if you saw him in the senior bowl, Mo, but uh he, he was one of those guys. Like he was one of the guys that you come out of the senior bowl talking about because that's how well he played. And I think that maturity will do him well in the NFL, to your point, right? Yeah, he played in college for a while. He takes a little bit more of a beating. But at the same time, uh, you like a kid like that. He's going to be a little more, just a year or two older than the other guys. Uh, and that helps, especially on the defense, I think. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I said this a lot, and I know this is a different position, but I said this a lot about Thayer Mumford last year. Mm -hmm. I remember Thayer Mumford was picked in the seventh round, and people were like, oh, he's a practice squad guy. He's not going to see the field. And I said, wait a minute. Thayer Mumford has played a lot of football. He started, I believe he was a four-year starter. And I said that when you play a lot of football on the collegiate level, once you get to the pro level, I'm not saying it comes easy to you, but having all of that experience does help a lot of players. So when you see a sixth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and you're like, oh, he's just going to be on the practice squad. He's not going to really play much in his first year. But if those guys have a lot of playing experience on the collegiate level, generally speaking, some of them can, can I wouldn't say start right away, but at least contribute to a rotation. As we saw there, Mumford was uh, switching with um, Jermaine Illumina at the beginning of the year before Jermaine Illumina ran away with that right tackle spot. So for a guy like Henley, who's played, again, a lot of football at Washington State, keep an eye on him if the Raiders draft him. Yes, and, and I'll tell you what, too, the, the interesting fact – about him is when you look at Henley, he is uh, a graduate of Crenshaw High School in Los Angeles. Of course, Crenshaw High School, you guys know Crenshaw High School. You think of uh, some former NFL players that have been there, some hip hop artists, Ice T. I mean, you name it, you go down the line. So, Crenshaw High School, he comes from a football powerhouse 
in Southern California too. Great ad there, Mo. Great player. I forgot about him, but he is a guy that impressed me a lot in the Senior Bowl. Well, that's tying up our quick overview of linebackers. On Thursday, we're going to talk about defensive backs, and we'll move to some offense as well. And we're going to get deeper into the draft, but we're going to bring on draft experts for that over the next few weeks, including bringing back Baldy for that. He has agreed to come back uh, before the draft and talk to us as well. So we'll get him on the schedule as well as others. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Mo, I want to get a couple NFL wildcard storylines that have quieted down a little bit. Uh, the the situation with Lamar Jackson. We're now hearing Lamar Jackson, oh, he doesn't want all of his contract guaranteed. He just wants the guaranteed money up front that Deshaun Watson got. Uh, I don't see any amicable solution. What do you think, I mean, you, what does your gut tell you is going to happen? When, I thought, no, he's going to play for the Ravens. He'll end up just going in and playing and doing what he's got to do. I don't find that necessarily true anymore. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's a little odd because it came out that he requested a trade on March 2nd, I believe. Yep. But I think that was just more about money. He was just frustrated about where negotiations were. He just wants to get paid. He just wants to get paid what he thinks he's worth. And I said this when it happened. I said people aren't going to be clamoring to give him a guaranteed deal. Now, it's no surprise that now it's coming up. Maybe he doesn't want a guaranteed deal. I think it's because no one's been willing to give it to him. So he's going to have to pivot anyway. So when he when, when you realize that no one's going to sign that offer sheet, then you have to pivot and say, okay, um, I, I'll you know I'll take down my offer a little bit. Let's negotiate, but I'm still I still want this X amount of guaranteed dollars, which I understand. But you got to understand when Deshaun Watson was paid that guaranteed deal, a lot of people came out and said it was a mistake. So yeah. why would you expect other teams to to make a mistake with that contract? I'm not saying Lamar Jackson had the same issues that. Sean had, but people were saying that giving that guaranteed contract to anyone, including the Ravens owner Steve Bashotti, said, We don't want to give guaranteed deals. Jim Ursay has come out recently and said, I don't believe in guaranteed deals for quarter. He meant to say for quarterbacks at, on that scale. So yeah. it's clear these teams don't want to give up guaranteed contracts to quarterbacks because they don't want that to become the new trend. So, yes, Lamar Jackson is going to have to pivot and he's going to have to get back to the negotiating table, him and his mother, his, you know, NFL PA, and figure out what can he get from whoever wants him. And I think ultimately he's going to end up back with the Ravens because I think yeah. they're the team that's going to be willing to give him most of what he wants. Maybe not exactly what he wants, but mostly what he wants. If he if if he says, okay, give me 220 million guaranteed, I think he can probably get that. That's yeah. not more than Deshaun Watson. I believe Deshaun Watson's at 230. But I think he'll get close to that eventually when when the dust settles. But I will say there's one thing to think about. After the draft, let's say a team like the Colts doesn't draft a quarterback. They may go after Lamar Jackson. I wrote a piece saying that a team could fill out their roster with a a top player from the draft. And then after the draft decide, okay, Mm -hmm. we'll sign an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. Because we're not giving up a first round this year. We're giving up our next two um, first for 2024 and 2025. Yeah. So a team may be willing, may want their draft picks this year, and then willing to risk their draft picks for next year for Lamar Jackson after the draft. And I still think Atlanta is the best place for him. I, I and I still, I still think that they may do it. To your point, because Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter is, I like him as a young quarterback. I watched him play here in Cincinnati, but he's not a starting NFL quarterback. He's not going to be a franchise quarterback. It's just not going to happen. So if you're the Falcons, what other choice do you have? Like you, you, you can go get this guy, build your team pretty quickly, and in that division, right? We talked about that division a lot here on the show. Um, 
you're, you're able to compete right away. So, so I, I'm watching them. They could be one of those teams, Mo. I think it's between the Falcons and the Colts. On one of my Bleach, Bleach Report live shows, I actually said the Falcons are the best spot for Lamar Jackson. He'll yeah. have a tight end in Kyle Pitch, just like he had in Baltimore with Mark Andrews. But I feel like the Colts are a team to watch. Now, if they don't, I think the Colts are going to draft Anthony Richardson, just mm. full disclosure. But if they don't, I think that's a team that should be interested in Lamar Jackson because if they don't draft a guy high, are who are you going to roll with there? Uh, yeah. I, I, people love... People love Mr. Mustache, Gardner Minshew, but let's be real. He's not, it, yeah. Gardner Minshew is not the future. He could be a no. good placeholder. Exactly. But if you're picking between Minshew and, and Lamar Jackson, it's not A placeholder, a guy a guy who can win you two right. or three games during the season when there's an injury, absolutely. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good role player quarterback that way. So um, you, can, you can, I don't know, he's not quite the modern version i shouldn't say modern the 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 present version of fitz magic but he's close like that's what i think that's what i think he's going to be i think he's able to he's going to survive forever because he does enough that that you want him as your backup so it'll be interesting but yeah i know that ursay is talking the big game but yeah when they get to the position where if they don't if they don't get richardson or whoever well levis or whoever they're trying to get then they might have to uh, settle uh, and, and figure it out, and, and it could be Lamar Jackson. So that's good. All right, I just want to get that one in there because we hadn't talked about it in a while, and you and I haven't been on together in a week and a half. So uh, there you go. I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. I'm glad I feel better too. I just want to put it, this out there. I'm not usually sick, people. So this no. is new to me, being sick twice within a, a four-month span. Yes. And it's just, I, I think it's just the schedule is finally breaking down my my immune system. So yeah. Mo's got to gotta suck up some more vitamins and drink a lot more water so I'm <laughs> available to you all. But I'm barely ever sick, so I'm in new territory right now. Yeah, dude. I I tell you, I was telling I was telling somebody today at the office. I said, listen, because because I had I had it towards the end of last week, but mine was much more of just a head cold. I wasn't as sick as you were, um, but it was two two rough days. And I had COVID in November, December, December, and I had it last July. And before that, I literally had not been sick other than, you know, a minor cold or something like that in years. And so I feel you, man. It's like all of a sudden three times. And by the way, this sp- I guess the flu this spring is worse than it was in the winter time when it's usually flu season. So mm-hmm. go figure, man. It got you. And you're in there in New York City where you got people right on top of you all the time. So Mm-hmm. Not a surprise, not a surprise. But, and, you, and, and you work your tail off, and that wears down your immune system. So we understand it. But we're going to come back on Thursday. We're going to talk about defensive backs and, and cornerbacks and safeties in this draft. One of those positions is deeper than the other. So we'll get a little bit into that and give you some names as well as get into our mailbag. I'm sure we'll get a slew of new mail giving Mo advice on vitamins <laughs> and, and, and other other smoothies that will boost your immune system with like echinacea and vitamin C, like some orange and strawberry and all this kind of stuff. So you're, I'm sure you'll get some good stuff. Ridiculous! I turn, I'm about to turn 37. All of a sudden, now I'm, a, I'm a sick old man now. Overnight, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh man, no, you're our man, and I love it. So that's good. Well, <laughs> that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, Mo, thanks for being here as always, my friend. I'm glad, even though you're 75, percent we'll take 75 percent Mo over 100 percent anybody else. So thanks for being with us, buddy. Of course, uh, you know, I could do it for the fans. Live shows, <laughs> silver and black today here. Yeah. You know, do it. I do it for the people. You're a man of the people. You're a man of the people. Wow. (laughs) Gotta love that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. For uh, for our producer, David. Oh, but before we go, I got to mention 
subscribe, hit auto download. If you're on YouTube, also hit subscription and don't forget the notifications bell so that you get notified whenever we have a new video. Again, show Thursday, we're going to go through cornerbacks and safeties uh, as well as get to your mail and other items from the news. From our crack producer, not our producer on crack, but our crack producer, <laughs> David Stepanian. For more Moten, excuse me, for Mo Moten, that's a mouthful. I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. <laughs>